Real estate for most people is the largest investment they will do in their entire life. So going into real estate, going, oh, I'm going to go sell houses, you know? No, you're not. You're going to go affect people's lives, families' lives, okay? Welcome to another edition of TM3 Impact. I am super excited because today we have Lisa Harper Espoli. You got it. In the building today. And I am super excited to interview her. She is the president, broker, and owner for Coal Banker Deanne Harper. Super excited to have you here today, Lisa. Tomas, thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, and this is your first podcast. This is, is my right? very first podcast. I have never done this before. I'm excited. Let's well, I'm get honored. going. I'm honored. <laughs> I am honored. Well, let's start right off. I want to know your San Antonio story. How did you come to live? And we say the cliff note version, yes. right? How did you come to live in this amazing city? Easy. I was born and raised here. I've never lived anywhere else in my entire life. Interesting. Born and raised right here in San Antonio. I yes. love it. Yes. I love it. Okay. So high school, everything born here. Sure. Where were you born? What, what hospital? Uh, Santa Rosa. Santa Rosa. I was born in Santa Rosa. I was uh, born in, well, born in Santa Rosa Hospital, raised on Elmhurst down in yeah. Mankey Park. Yeah. And then um, uh, I went to Incarnate Word High School. I went to Incarnate Word College. And then uh, I, I'm, I love education. Yeah. So I graduated from Incarnate Word College with an accounting degree. Then I went to Our Lady of the Lake and received a master's in education there. Then I went to A&M down at Kingsville, received another. And then, uh, and this is as life goes on. Right. And then I went to UT Austin and worked on my PhD. And I was uh, in the PhD program. I was cleared to write my dissertation. So it's a PhD at UT. Uh, 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 but I ended up having my second child. Yeah. And she is so much better than a PhD. Oh, exactly. So there you go. Yes. Wow. Okay, so yeah. where did the idea for education come into the picture to, to be in education? Um, my father was a school superintendent at South San Antonio School District. Okay. Both grandparents were school teachers. So I was definitely influenced to go into the education world. However, it, you know, whenever you start college and your daddy and mama says, oh, education is wonderful. It's great. You know, and I'm like, oh, no way. No way. So I got an accounting degree. Yeah. You just try, you try to throw throw a loop. You just say, oh, I'm going to go get an accounting degree. Absolutely. Yeah. And so how did that turn into, so you got your master's is when you, is when you got your master's at Our Lady of the Lake, is that when you decided I'm going to go into education and be a teacher? It, yes. Uh, I worked in accounting for about three or four years. Okay. Had, a, had my first baby, yeah. who's now 33. Yeah. And <clears throat> just like what my mom and dad said, education's a wonderful profession to yeah. raise a child in. 
It's true. So I went back and, and got my teaching certificate and a master's degree and then subsequently raised two kids. That's awesome. And you school. taught for 16 years. Is that right? Or in the, in the education world for 16 years? Yes, I was in the education world for 16 years, five, okay. five in the classroom, which okay. I absolutely loved. It was high school. Yeah. I loved it. And then I went to middle school as a special education coordinator. And then I ended my career with Northeast, which is a fabulous school district. Um, as an academic dean at Jackson Middle School. Okay. So, okay. So going, yes. looking back on that, you know, I, I was in education yes, for 11 yes. years. You know, we share that. I, I'm curious, you know, with what you do now, right? Yes. Like you're, you, you're, you're the president of Coal Banker D and Harper. When you look back on your time in education, there's a lot of lessons that I bring. Oh, what, yes. What, 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 what is probably something that you reach back to that you remember dealing with students that helps you like even today? <laughs> nurturing hmm. and being empathetic because where kids are at that age, whether it be high school or middle school, you translate that into any adult or into any real estate agent. It's where they are. They need nurturing. Uh, uh, people need to know that you care about them and be genuine about it. Be That's genuine. That's so true. Yeah, I mean, so don't true. don't care if you're not genuine. Yeah, it, it's and it comes through. It comes the the being genuine and being nurturing and and empathetic. It comes through with your actions. And and, and kids that like they they can read they can see right through it when oh. you're not. <laughs> Well, right? you tell me, you know absolutely, you, absolutely. They see right through the teachers that aren't that right. real, right? Yes. They see right yes. through it. So growing up in Texas, you 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 are a Texas yeah. girl. You love Texas. So tell love me it. about growing up in Texas for you. What was that like? Well, let me tell you, I was extreme. I, I am extremely blessed by being raised in a very unique situation. My father's parents lived right next door to us my entire life. So my papa who was blind, raised us, well, raised me. Uh, and of course, I was raised by my parents too, but Mama was teaching and Papa, who was blind, stayed home. So whenever Mama was doing something or, or, or so, it was my blind grandfather who babysat me. So we had an, an, an wow. unbreakable bond, my, my grandfather and I. But anyhow, that's what we did. So yeah. they lived next door to us. Um, my parents and grandparents owned ranches in South Texas. So uh, Mama ran the ranches. Uh, uh, and took care of us kids along with my grandfather. So my grandfather and I and my mom would go down to South Texas. Yeah. My mom would be driving a tractor all day long, shredding, plowing, planting, whatever. Oh my and my grandfather babysat me in the cab of the truck. Right. Just and so that's where I learned how to drive. My blind grandfather taught me how to drive. That's awesome. Yes, I'd sit in his lap. <laughs> and I'm, I'm serious. I would sit I in his lap it. and he'd work the pedals and I'd be saying, you know, go faster, Papa. Slow down, Papa. There's a cow in the road, Papa. You know, what do I do? You, I mean, there's a bush, that's you know. Awesome. And, and because he was blind, he had wonderful sensory uh, uh, other modalities. So it's like whenever I went off the road a little bit, he could tell because of the the shifting of the the terrain you yeah. know and he'd go lisa you know i'd go back onto the road so that's awesome yeah and what about hunting did you do any hunting was that a big deal you know growing up yeah 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 let me let me tell you that's very that is that's i'm proud of this i'm very proud of this my mom 
taught me how to hunt. Is that right? Period. My mother taught me how to hunt. She taught me how to shoot. I'm a pretty good shot. Yeah. But um, uh, she taught me how to shoot. She taught me how to clean a deer. So oh I apologize if I'm, I'm offending anybody. No, no, no. This is, we're but in Texas. You're good. We're in Texas, baby. <laughs> we love our guns. We love our hunting. That's right. Um, but uh, I got to tell you, she's the one who taught me how to hunt. Wow. And And, and um, my papa would, I remember the very first time I ever um, cleaned a deer. And it was. How old were you? Oh, probably about nine or 10. Oh my goodness. With my mom there and Papa was telling me how to hold items and what to do with the knife and such. And, and, uh, and you know what though? I got to tell you something. I can clean a deer and never break a nail nowadays. You know it. You're darn right, honey. I got it down. And I'm proud that, that our two girls, they know exactly how to hunt and how to clean deer. And you taught them. Did you yeah, teach well, him and the um, family? You know, I was, um, I was, uh, I exposed them to yeah, that. Yeah. But my husband taught them. Yeah. I mean, he's a hunter too. He, oh my gosh. Yes, he is. Okay. Okay. Yes. That's yes. cool. So he grew up hunting just like you did. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Got it. So how did yes. you meet? How did you meet your husband? Well, we got to know that story. Um, well, let me tell you. My husband, who I love is not my first husband yeah so let me tell you the story yeah as i was in teaching and such my daddy was my babysitter for for my two kids okay and daddy at that time was working in real estate with my mom he was in charge he was he over well he was the president of our commercial company well my husband was was a broker uh in our commercial company as well so my daddy would pick up our kids from Holy Spirit school and bring them over to the office and they would be doing somersaults down the, you know, down the aisle or down the hallway and putting their face on the computer and copying it a hundred times, you know, things like that. My husband knew my kids well before I did. Oh, interesting. Well before I did. Yeah. He even knew my ex-husband. Okay. Well, I never knew Nick Rispoli. Yeah. Never knew it. And then I joined my mom. Yeah. And we went away on a conference in San Francisco. And um, I met him. I spent time with him. Yeah. And six months, six months later, we were married. Oh, that's awesome. And I got to tell you something. My kids are his kids. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Period. Yeah. It, I am so blessed because... We are a family unit. Yeah. And and he loves my kids like he was in the birthing room and witnessed that they took their first breath. That's awesome. And the kids love him. Yeah. yeah. They love their daddy. That's awesome. So, so I and so I, I hear Nick can cook too. So that, yeah, that doesn't hurt. Italian. Yeah, he's oh Italian. Gosh, yes. He can cook. You yes, know? Yes. That's awesome. Yes. So now looking back, you know, you go through your career, you're in education for 16 years. You 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 decide to come in along with what was that pivotal moment where you knew, I think it was around 2008, mm-hmm. where you decided I'm gonna kind of step out of education and go into the real estate world. Cause you've your mom had been in it for years, right? So what made you kind of make that step? step to say, hey, I'm going to take this leap. Easy. Um, and I think it was back in uh, probably five. 2005. It, okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's very easy. I was sitting in my office at Jackson Middle School. Mama called me and said, I have a uh, an opening in accounting. This is probably going to be the only time I could ever offer you a position. If you want to come work for me, you need to do it now. 
And I went, oh, can I think wait, wait, about hold it? On. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> I'm in education. And she, she says accounting. Had, she had never offered before that? No, because, it, and I, I understand and I agree with this. Yeah. And we have, my husband and I have done this with our girls. You need to go make your career somewhere else. Yeah. Don't ride on our coattails. That's so, Don't. yeah. And my mom and dad were very, very adamant that you need to make a career of your own because you can always join the family later. Yeah. And uh, and that's what we're doing with our girls now, too. Yeah. But um, my mama called me and said, hey, you know, I may never offer this to you again. And I said, well, let me think about it. And she says, well, let me know tomorrow morning because you're coming. And I said, OK, <laughs> that sounds so, about right. That oh, I know. Let right. me tell you, she's a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> so um, uh, two weeks later, I was sitting in Coldwell Banker. Wow. So, and yes. so that so that so that was the transition. You were ready. Oh, it was instant. Yeah, it was. It was instant. And I got to tell you, it was probably one of the most scariest decisions I ever made. Really? Because even though I was born in real estate. Yeah. I had not practiced the minutiae of real estate, right. you know, the day in and day out. Yes, I've bought and sold our homes and such, but that's not working it like a job, working it like a career. Yeah. Because when you go into real estate as, as an agent, you are the CEO of your business. Yeah. And if you don't work it like a business, you're gonna have well, there problems. you go. Yeah, you're going to have problems. <laughs> this, you know, and it's interesting that you bring that up. You have an accounting degree, yes. right? And yes. so for most agents, and, and I'm going to put myself in this category because when I got my license in 2009, um, basically the way it went is my wife said, hey, I'm going to go get my real estate license. And I said, baby, that's awesome. She goes, no, you're coming with me. And yes. I got railroaded to becoming a, a real estate yes. agent. Yes. <clears throat> but when we get we get into the business, it was really interesting because I realized rather quickly, like, if you don't really know know accounting and have a kind of just a basic grasp of how things work Absolutely. you can get yourself in in, in, in a nice uh, uh, bag of trouble yes with irs and everything mm -hmm. else right because mm -hmm. you know you've got these commissions coming in and so your accounting background, I would imagine, probably brought a, a, an angle into real estate for a yes. lot of people that, that you could see it from a different perspective. Talk sure. about that. Sure. Well, I think, um, I think what I added to the company was, yes, our company is very innovative and, and always on the cutting edge of technology and such, but where agents can get lost is that when they see the next shiny object, but you don't have metrics to grade the ROI on it, you know, the return of investment, um, <laughs> you can lose a lot of money. Yeah. You can lose a lot of money. And, and you've got to always measure and know where every cent you make goes. Yeah. Because this is a company that you are running. So, um, yeah. That's a yes. big deal. Yes. And, and, and agents, I think too, they lose sight that they are their own business owner. They're a business owner. Um, some you know? do. They lose some sight do. of that, right? And yes. that's, a, that's a really big deal. Okay, so you you go into to real estate and now, you know, I mean, Colwell Banker, the the name, just what your, your mom built over the last, so when did she officially start uh, uh, Deanne Harper, Coldwell Bank. When, what year was that 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 officially started? Okay, she started her um, business 
with one agent at our dining room table in 1986. Oh my literally, goodness. Literally. She worked for about six years for a small boutique called uh, Bob Jones Realty. Okay. So she left and, and started her own company, one agent, dining room table at 401 Elmhurst. And then um, in 1989, she affiliated with Coldwell Banker. So in we've 89. been in 89. So we've been affiliated with Coldwell Banker ever since 80, since 89. That's, yes. So you? Yes, about 35 years now. That's going to be probably. Probably yeah. one of the, I mean, in Texas, are y'all one of the oldest coal yes. bankers in Texas? Yeah. It's got to be. One of them. Yes. That's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So now looking back on your career, right? Yes. You look back on your career and you say, okay, you know, you, you, you've got your master's degree, two master's degree. You went to Incarnate Word. You had your career in education yeah. and now you have your career in real estate. Yes. And you look back and you think back to your 18 year old self, right? 18 year old Lisa you know, if you could go back and, and tell her something about what you've learned, what would you tell her? You know what I would tell her? That when your parents and grandparents and mentors at 18 give you advice, listen a little bit more because you don't know everything at 18, even though you think so, yeah. even though you think so. Um but just to listen a little more. And my daddy always said, you're going to have to listen to everything I tell you. And then you're going to have to go do whatever you want. Yeah. But you got to listen to it. And of course, at 18, I'm thinking, <clears throat> oh, my lands, I know everything. Right. But, you know, looking back at some of the, the little stumbles I've had in life or challenges, maybe he was a little right back yeah. then you yeah know? it's so, always yeah. funny when we think back to our parents advice and we just go oh, oh my dad's like i told you that you know do you don't remember i told you that too exactly yeah and it's like <laughs> yes okay i got it you know yeah. i'm so sorry you know in in our oldest daughter right now <laughs> Uh, who has a, a beautiful four-year-old and a six-month-old baby, yeah. um, uh, she and Bobby, they always call and say, I'm so sorry yeah. for what I did. It's like, oh, thank you. Yep, <laughs> yep, because now they see it, right? They now see they see it, it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. listening, I think, you know, let's, let's, let's put that on agents too, right? Mm -hmm. Like from an agent perspective, listening. Yes. Like, like talk to that about, you know, how, you know, how you're training your agent to call banker in terms of listening to clients. Like, how does that connect? How are you helping them in that area? Well, when uh, agents with us, we have coaching, we have mentorships. Um, our managers are non-competing. They are there in the office every single day serving our agents. Saying that, that says they role play. They, yes, we have scripts, but you know what? You always have to take a script and learn it. Make it your own. And we always tell people, listen, listen to what your client is saying. We also have all sorts of training about, you know, um, ways to write MLS descriptions, words that sell, you know, words to listen for. Yeah. Um, body language is another one that's, that's pretty big right now. Yeah. And, and we're getting ready to have some training on that. Yeah. Um, but it, that is becoming the valued real estate agent that you need to be to your customer and client. Yeah. And if you slow down and listen and ask questions in a real estate transaction, it's your customer and client's journey 
not yours. That's so good. It's their journey. Yeah. And that's why you have you have no uh, uh, room for error to be any less than almost perfection. Yeah, it's true. Yes. And, yes. and that you, you it's funny, too, because we can make the connection right yeah. from from, you know, that 18 year old self listening as a teacher. Yes. The power of listening to our students. Sure. Because because when you when you do that, they they know that you care. Yes. yes right. Yes. And then putting that on the client in and, and at all levels, listening is the key. Absolutely. We have to listen. Listening and follow through with what you say. Yeah. So we're a ninja company. So ninja for selling. We're we're a, we're a ninja company. We just listened to a video yesterday about, um, in layman's terms, don't lie. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's it. like if you say I'm going to get you something this afternoon. Guess what? Yeah. Get them something this afternoon. Yeah. You know, I'm going to check back with you next week. Check back with them next week. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and even though everybody's on their life, you know, in, in the spinning wheel, you know, yeah. um, you got to do what you say. That's so you big. have to do what you say and doing, following through with your actions from your promissory words, that's credibility yeah. and that earns respect and that deepens the relationship between you and your client. Big time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm a big fan of Ninja, by the way. I love and I actually, Ninja. I, I actually heard about Ninja. I was in in the uh, the Cold Banker building and I was going up the stairs and there was an agent walking in and he had uh -huh. his he had his bag and it said Ninja on Ninja. it. Uh -huh. Right. And uh -huh. and I and I was, I was like, what? What is what is yeah, this? What is What's this? this? Ninja. And he looked at me and he'd been an agent for a long. He said, Tomas, I've been an agent a really long time. He said, and he goes, I did not want to have anything to do with this. He goes, the minute they brought it in, I was just like, I don't want to. He said, it's been the single best thing for yes. my career that yes. I've ever been able to do training with. Yes. Single yes. best thing he's single ever. Best. And he, he, he had been an agent, I think he said 18 years. Yeah, I probably single, know who you're talking about. <laughs> Where's glasses? You know what I'm talking about. He said it was the single best thing he'd ever done in his career. Absolutely. And and it is. Ninja is, it's the moniker, you know, it's going to sound corny, but it's a way of life. It's yeah. a good, wholesome way of life, yeah. you know? And if you build good, wholesome relationships and, and you know, a simple thing with Ninja, you know what they teach you and they, and they remind you to do? Yeah. Two things. Pick up the phone. Jeez. <laughs> yes. You know, stop hiding behind the texting yeah. because it's convenient. Stop hiding behind the the uh, the emails yeah. because your exclamation mark may have a different emphasis in context, you know. Pick up the phone. And you know what? Go back to handwriting notes. Yeah. Just a little thank you. I enjoyed speaking with you today. Take care, you know. Yeah. You society has got to bring personal emotion back into what what I kind of think society is at this point is just a tad numb. Yeah. Yeah. Just numb. Numb. I agree. And we got to feel again and yeah. we got to feel each other. 
Yeah. So and that handwritten note is it's powerful. I remember reading because I, I bought I bought the book. Yeah. I was on a flight to um, Hong Kong uh-huh. and I bought the book and uh, and I started reading it on that mm-hmm. flight. And it's it's you know you you captivating. Been, yeah, it's captivating. Yeah. It's a great book. It is a great book. He, yes, they it did is. a really good job with that. Okay, so now we I'm sure you get asked all uh-huh. the time. You're, sure. you're you're in San Antonio. People they know who you are. They see you and they ask, "How do I get into real estate? What advice would you give me?" What would you tell them? Evaluate what you want and why real estate. Okay. Okay. Being real estate for most people is the largest investment they will do in their entire life. So going into real estate, going, I'm going to go sell houses, you know? No, you're not. You're going to go affect people's lives, families' lives, okay? And then secondly, you have to go into real estate as a career. Now, why I say that is, yes, you can have part-time agents, and I understand that. We at Coldwell Banker truly want full-time agents because you have to be trained You have to know the laws. You have to know contracts. And and you know what? That not only protects you, the agent, and me, the broker, it protects your client. And you have a duty to provide the best service and the best real estate advice to your client. So coming into real estate, why do you want to go into real estate? And secondly, are you going to go into real estate full time and 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 work it like a career? That's good because that is, those are the keys to yeah. going into real estate. Because you know, yeah, I want to go into real estate. I want to help people find their homes. That's good. Yeah, but you're also affecting their lives. Yeah. So it, it, that needs to be a part of the equation. Yeah, the career and why. The, the career why. and why. The right. Why. I, I love that. Do you do you find that when you when you have that conversation and you and and they are, are most people just saying, well, but people just make a lot of money, Lisa. That's why I want to do it. What's your response? Because that's what I get. <laughs> well, let me tell you about that money. Right. Okay. You have, I feel you have two scenarios. You have the new agent that comes in works it like a career, is a sponge, learns everything, does everything that our training teaches them to do. You know what? They may hit the ground running and they may make some really good money their first year, second year. That's good. However, if you don't come in, work it like a career, you're not going to make money. Yeah, Real estate you have to work it as a, as a career. You you know, everybody's going to come into real estate and sell their grandmother's house. Everybody's yeah. going to come into real estate and sell their brother or their sister's house. Guess what? Yeah. When those expire, when those are done, yeah. if you're not working it as a, as a career, you're done. Yeah. Money's not going to be there. It's Money's so not going to be there. It's so so um, the potential, it, it, if you want to raise... Look at the man in the mirror. Yeah, that's good. You know, look at the man in the mirror. Yeah. So you can make some very good money if you work it correctly. Yeah. And you're ethical, you're loyal, and you provide a 
a you become the real estate expert to your clients. Yeah. And you have to provide value to your clients and you will have referrals, you will have repeat business. And yes, you can make an excellent career in right. real estate. Yeah. But you got to work it as a career. I love that. That's good. That's yeah. great. That's great advice. I, 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 the career part mm-hmm. is, you know, when I came in, when, when, when Christine and I kind of came into real estate back mm-hmm. in 09, sure. I was a teacher. Sure. And so I became yeah. her showing agent. Yes. Yeah. So she would list all the houses and then she's like, you got to go over you there. Go show and, I got to go show. <laughs> Sure. And uh, so, you, but the, the career portion, I think, is really, really important. I think mm-hmm. it's really important. So let's talk about influences in your life. Mm-hmm. It's, it, I mean, the, the fact that you were able to grow up next to your grandparents is so mm-hmm. critical, right? And I, I'm just curious, what were some other influences that you had in your life in this career that you have that you can look back on and go, man, that person really influenced me? Well, of course, I'm going to say both parents and both grandparents uh, that for obvious reasons Um, (laughs) when I ended my career at Northeast I worked for a gentleman his name was Tom DeFawcett okay he was the uh, principal of Northeast Tom mentored me in an administrative role and he allowed me to blossom but he guided me along the way And I will forever be grateful to him to have allowed me the opportunity to to heighten my career Mm. in Northeast, but also to allow me to become more uh, in the education world. Mm. And and he always would listen and highly suggest. (laughs) I love that. <laughs> you know, because nobody wants to be told, no, you can't go do right. that. You know, but, right. but, and I do think that I've taken that from him. Yes. And, and when I have directors and such come to me and go, you know, what, what do I do? And I go, well, what do you think? And it's like, well, why don't you think about this? You yeah. know, or if it's really a, an important, you know, conversation or, or issue, it's like, well, I highly suggest, you yeah. know, and, and, you know, if it doesn't go that way or what, you're going to have to clean it up. So I, you know, right. <laughs> but right. you suggest, and so he guided and molded and mentored me to hopefully what people would say an effective administrator. Right. And I'll forever be grateful for that. And do you know what? The day I walked out of Jackson Middle School, I vowed to him, well, to, to me, not to Tom, that I would never go back and speak to him nor go to Jackson Middle School until I was comfortable in my own shoes and in my own skin in my second career mm. as real estate. And um, I finally did. How long ago? About five years ago. Really? And yeah. what did you say? Did you yeah. go talk to him? Or? Oh, I thanked him. Oh, wow. Absolutely. I thanked the man. Yeah. Absolutely. That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The, the, you know, the people yes. who have that influence on us are so important. Yes. And the fact that you recognize to go back and say thank you. I mean, yes. I, I tell people it, this is huge. Like, you know, there are people in your life and you don't know where they're at. And especially oh. with where we're at right now. Oh, yes. yes. That thank you could be the most important thing for them at that moment. Yes. Yes. You know. Don't don't um 
oh man, it's like Kane Brown, I think, sings the song. Something, the lyric says, don't ever leave and I love you unsaid. Mm. And when I heard that song, it was so powerful to me because tomorrow may not come. Right. For you, for me, for them. Right. It may not. Don't leave an I love you. Don't leave a thank you. Don't leave a hey, how you doing? Yeah. Unsaid. Yeah. It's 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 I think it's our obligation to one another, especially now. I think you're right. And 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 just you know, picking up the phone and having that conversation or just going mm-hmm. to see somebody. So Pop powerful. Yes. So powerful. I love that. I, I appreciate you sharing that. Now, you know, I I, I want to know. How does Lisa relax? Like what? Like when? When? Because you've got this energy about you. You've got this passion about you. And how do, how do you relax with everything that's going on with all the stress and the fact that we we you know we really can't go out the way we've been going out? So how do you relax? Um, there's two ways that I relax. The first way is um, uh, my husband is our real estate developer now, so he's he's still in the business. Okay. And um, we always say that every morning we have a board meeting at six o'clock at our you know at our kitchen table when he drinks coffee and I drink my hot tea. And um, so we relax. We we from we talk about kids. We talk about business. We talk about when we can travel again, where we want yeah. to go, and such. So that's number one. That's relaxing, and I start my day off that way. However. I love vegetable gardening. I okay. love it. I love it. I am born in the wrong century. Okay. You know, let's go back to we eat venison. Okay. Um, I love bird hunting, but I, you know, everything with four legs are at risk. I can shoot four <laughs> legs. Anything with two wings, they're, they're good tougher. to go. Yeah, they're good to go. I mean, you know, but I'll I'll pull the head off. I have no problem, oh, you know, doing funny. that. We used to joke, my mom would go out and she'd shoot the birds. I'd be the dog. I'd go, I'd pick them up. You know, I'd pull the head off, throw them down. And then my sister would come along behind me, pick up the heads, bury them and say, Hail Mary. You know, so, so, but anyhow, I vegetable garden a yeah. lot. Um, I love to can tomatoes that we grow. Uh, we have uh, we have a family ranch up at it's north of Harper, Texas. Go figure. Can oh, you imagine you that Harper, That's Texas? Funny. So we have a ranch up there, and we have two now that we're empty nesters, and both girls are married to wonderful husbands. Um, uh, we go up there with our two border collies, mm. and our life is now vicariously, you know, lived through the border collies. It's like, oh, they need to go run. Let's go to the ranch this weekend. Oh, they need new food. Let's, you know, I love cooking dog yeah. food because I love cooking. Yeah, you know, so now I'm relegated instead of cooking for big, you know, family of, you know, six when when the kids and husbands are there, you know, now I'm relegated to cooking dog food. But yeah, I love it. That's I love awesome. it. I do. That's- so what is, what is it about gardening? Because it, it seems to me what I found is that the people who really enjoy it, they there's a there, you've got to be patient. Like there's a level of patience with gardening that um, I'll tell you my gardening story. Are you tell ready? Me. So. My wife and I decided we were living over in Rogers Ranch area. And I was like, we had this little area where like, we should plant some, some bell peppers, some, you know, just some, you know, we should just plant that. So we go and we buy it and it came in like this. It looked like a, uh, like a egg carton, like this cardboard thing. And it had all the little plants and we were so excited. We're putting the soil, we're digging it all up. We placed the carton in there. We covered it back up and we stepped back. Did you take the plastic off? No. No, <laughs> this is this is why like my gardening story, right? Oh my so God. I I go I go to my wife and I'm like, 
man, that was that didn't go very well, you know. And then when I told the story to Gardner, that, that that's the yeah. first thing they ask is like, "Did you take it out of the cardboard? Yeah, like, you know that cardboard. You can't plant it, you know." So needless to say, there's a I I I get into this point where every time I want to do it, yes. I I think I overthink it. Oh, sure. You know oh. what I mean? I think there's an overthinking. So yes. like, help people that are listening to this. If they want to start, like how, help me not overthink it. You know what? I'd go to a boutique gardening center. Okay. Rainbow Gardens, uh, uh, the Garden Center. Uh, uh, there's a place over off of Sunset. I forgot the name, but boutique gardeners, okay. uh, gardening centers. Those people will tell you exactly how to do what yeah. for which plant don't go out and plant 50 different things okay. go out and start small okay start and, small. and you know what though um i always tell my husband it's like i'm gonna go out for my zen walk because our mm. back bed our, ba our back bedroom our backyard has a large garden mm -hmm. but we also have lime trees orange trees um i have a pepper garden as well uh it's i mean i That's like cool. this stuff That's i like cool. it but you know even when you go outside most people are cooped up in in a building all day long i don't care if it's 100 degrees you know at six o'clock when i get home it's like i gotta go outside i gotta go breathe air mm. outside right and you know and that's whenever you know that's when i commune with my god you know i, I mean that's it. just that's my time yeah that's my time i i, I love walking around looking at how the plants are growing and yeah. and uh watching it that's watching cool. nature that's Watching cool. And, 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 and I always, you know, I have this class where I talk about long-term success, mm -hmm. right? And in the, in the, the kind of the gist of the class is plant, cultivate, yes. harvest. Yes. Right? Yes. And so whenever I teach that class, I always ask if there's a gardener and usually with a group of real estate agents, there's one or two, one or two. right? One or two. And when I, when I, when I have that conversation, it's really interesting the what what the the gardeners say about that idea with your business sure the planting Absolutely. the cultivating yes. and i had one day when i i was talking to some agents and i said when you hear the word cultivate what word comes to your mind and we were i was just sitting there waiting and i'm waiting and she, there's a lady i could just see she wanted to say it and i said tell me tell me she said love she said love cultivate okay. and i remember sitting back and i was like I mean, okay, for for uh, uh, for gardeners, when you're cultivating, you're loving oh, you're all loving those plants, it. yes, right, sure. And it's the same thing. Let's let's flip it for real estate. For real estate, when you're planting, when you're trying to get new clients, sure. There's this process of trying to, you know, you're trying to get new people, new people. But once you're working with them, yes. you got to cultivate it. It's oh, all yes. about loving on those clients Absolutely. and building relationships. Y you know, when you said cultivate, the first word that popped into my mind was relationships. Rel You've got to cultivate a relationship in a meaningful way, not in a hokey yeah. way, Yes, in a true meaningful way. And yeah. you're not going to be their best friend. I mean, yeah. that that's not the point of developing a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it could be, it could turn into a wonderful, you yeah. know, closer relationship, but there but you go. A relationship, that's that's, yeah. that's really powerful. And, and then, you know, the thing that I always stress to agents is I said, listen, mm -hmm. if, if at any point, you stop in any of these processes. If you stop cultivating, right? What's going to happen? It slows down. It dies. It starts to yeah. die. Those yes. relationships start to die. And then you don't get the harvest. Mm -hmm. If you stop planting. So the agents 
who always have their gas pedal down, who are yes. always in the process, they have long-term yep. success. They just do. That's just, that's just the way it works out. Well, listen, Lisa, I really want to thank you for being on TM3 Impact. I have one final oh, question. Thank you. Okay, this is, the, this is the question I ask everybody, you right? You go, yes. And the question is, I, I'm a big reader, Yes. right? And I want to know, is there a book that you love so much that you gift to people? What is it and why? <laughs> Let me tell you, Atomic Habits. Oh, really? Yes, and we just bought a, a 200 books, and we've already given out 100 of them to our Level Up agents. Atomic Habits will change your life. If you, if you read that ninja selling book, yeah. and then you read Atomic Habits, it, 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 it's, it's phenomenal. You know, if you do just 1% better today in something, right. 1% tomorrow, 1% the next day, yeah. You add all of that up and you extrapolate it. Yeah. What are you going to have in 365 days? It changes your life. Yeah, life change. Yes. Yeah. Yes, atomic habits. Where did you hear awesome. about the book? Tell me about like where, how did you like you know how you know how books intersect your life? Yes. How did that book intersect your life? Tell me that. Um Peter Parnig which is with Ninja Selling. Okay. And he recommended it to one of our groups. And, and of course, you know, it's like, okay, let's go buy it. And right. I read it and um, we're doing book studies with all of our, our key uh, staff, our C-level people. Um, we're, we've passed it out to several, well, you know, a hundred of our agents right now. And yeah. we're in the process of giving it to others as well. Okay. But it's through Peter Parnick. Okay. And what they are doing is they are mirroring the Ninja Selling and the Atomic Habits book. Oh, now, wow. I will say this. Don't listen to it. It's really monotone. Okay. okay? The, the audio? Read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Read the book with a highlighter. Yeah, I always read I'm, my books I'm, with highlighters. I'm the same way. Yes. And I, yes. you know what, you know what I break, how I break that down, Lisa. And I have, I have a mindset Monday about this uh -huh. and it's about active reading and passive reading. Yes. Right. So there's, there's books that you read passive, you know, like fiction and you're sure. just kind of reading for enjoyment and you passively read it. But when you actively reading a book, like when I'm reading my Bible or when I'm reading yes. certain, you know, books that I'm trying to glean something from, yes. I'm highlighting, I'm taking notes, I'm writing in the margins. I mean, you bet. active reading is so yes. powerful. And so I'm, you know what, you know, you know what you're going to make me do? No, because I'm going to give it to you. No. <laughs> That's yes. awesome. Thank you. I, well, listen, I you are the third person who's told me about the book in good. less than a year. Oh, good. I just uh, met with a friend, uh, uh -huh. Derek. He, he is a good buddy of mine. He does a mastermind on that book. Really? And he just told me, he was like, Tomas, you've got to read this book. You, you, like, you are going to love it. And I had heard about it years ago. Yes. And I never picked it up because he wrote another book. Um, what was the book he wrote before Atomic Habits? Um, oh, something about a minute or something. Uh, it was, I can't remember. It was something yes. about habits, but it, it yes. was, it was, it was kind of the, the you know, the before the precursor, but, uh, but I read that book okay. and it was, it was phenomenal. It okay. was really, really good. And so I, but I, I'm so glad that you told me about that book because now I need to read it. It'll be delivered tomorrow. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. I'll well, get Lisa, Christina one too. I, well, we'll, we'll share it. We'll okay. share it. Yeah. Yeah. She, okay, she, I mean, she, she'll like that as well. So Lisa, I want to thank you. I really appreciate the time and, and for you, you. Uh, coming on the show in TM3 Impact. And I look forward to many, many more meetings with you to talk about uh, just everything that's going on. Tomas, you're, you are so very special. I thank you for being uh, uh, inviting me and being this charismatic person that absolutely inspires me and inspires a lot of people. Yeah. 
thank you for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. It's Lisa. my privilege. Yes. Awesome. Well, you have an amazing weekend. Thank you. You too. Take thank care. You.